What's up, Edugamers? Today, we're going to look at some tips for using board games in your classroom. I'm gonna go over five tips and give you some concrete examples how you can use games or board games for learning to create a more engaging and playful learning environment. Let's do it. Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats. So I'm Dustin from Board Gaming with Education. This is a video cast episode. Video cast? You have a podcast? Yes. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you already know that. Um, but if you are on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, come on over to YouTube and be sure to subscribe to our channel. We are going to be releasing content like this moving forward into season 12 of Board Game with Education. So this is kind of a preview of what the podcast will look like, or in your case, if you're listening on the podcast, what it will sound like moving forward. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or keep listening on the podcast. You'll still get a lot of great conversations, great interviews and discussions about games for learning. All right, so let's jump into the topic for today. So let's frame the discussion for today's topic. We're looking at modern board games for learning. So let's break down three things. First, let's start with board games. When I say board games, I don't necessarily mean games that have a board. Uh, it could be a game with dice, could be a game with cards, it could be a game with boards, but these are analog-based games. Number two I wanna look at is modern. So when I say modern, I'm not talking about games like Clue or Monopoly or Sorry. These are games that have some value and can be used for game-based learning. However, we're gonna really look at some modern board games that came out in the last 10 years or so because I think they really build on those mechanics in the past and make for a more engaging experience. And then number three is we're looking at modern board games for learning. So when I'm talking about learning, I'm talking about specifically targeting learning outcomes. Uh, you can subscribe to our channel, you can check out our podcast, go to boardgamewitheducation.com. We talk about all the positive aspects that board games and games for learning have. With Also, we look at some maybe challenges or negative aspects as well. So if you wanna hear conversations around that, be sure to subscribe to our channel or follow us at boardgamewitheducation.com. But we're gonna look at targeted learning outcomes and tips that we can use for using board games in our classroom. So tip number one, modifying the game. First, I wanna iterate again why I put this as the first tip, because we're looking at games for learning. So if we're changing the rules of the game, don't worry too much because the ultimate goal of using board games in our classroom is targeting learning outcomes. So if the game experience changes a little bit, that's not a big deal because we can probably still create a fulfilling and engaging learning experience through the board game. So an oversimplified modification to the rules is you could set a time limit on the game. So you don't have to have your students play through the entire game or you can have them stop after a certain round. Another thing that a lot of games do, and you can check some of your games, they might have some beginner rules. So these are ways to make the game more accessible to new players. A game company that actually has an entirely separate game is Evolution. So North Star Games created Evolution and they also developed a game called Evolution The Beginning. 
So it's a modified version of evolution that eliminates some of the game mechanics in evolution and still creates a very engaging game experience. And it's also a game that's more accessible to new players. So look at some games that you have and look at some of the mechanics or game rules you can maybe eliminate in the game and see if the game still plays pretty well. Again, though, going back to the main idea of using board games in our classroom is for learning. So if it changes the game experience, it may still be very engaging game experience, but it might be a different game, but that's okay. We're looking at games for learning. Tip number two, scaffolding the game. So a lot of us who are teachers are probably familiar with this term, but for anyone that's not or still learning the teaching practice, well, scaffolding is breaking learning down into chunks and providing a tool and structure for those learning chunks. So we can do this with teaching the game. So we might be able to do this in two different ways or a couple different ways. There's probably more, but one way is to give our students a pre-practice or pre-activity before they come to class. So we do this with a lot of stuff already. Um, we might ask them to watch a how-to play video of the game or read the rule book. And then after they had done one of those two things, they can answer comprehension questions about how to play the game. What we can also do with scaffolding is to break the actual gameplay down into different pieces. So we might introduce a part of the gameplay and then have students play that part. And then after they get that part down, we go into the next part of the game. I do this with the game Trap Words, and this is something I'll mention later in this topic is Trap Words is a game like the game Taboo. If you're not familiar with Taboo, you have to ask your team to guess your words. So the word might be apple, and you have certain words you cannot say to help your team guess your words. So maybe you can't say red, you cannot say Washington, you cannot say tree, you cannot say fruit. So you have to think of ways to get your team to guess the word apple without saying those words. So that is Taboo. I have my students play around a quick round of taboo as one demonstration an example of how to play that game and then afterwards we move into trap words we learn a mechanic for the game trap words and that's where the team the other team is coming up with those words you cannot say so then i introduce that idea to them and then we move a little bit further into the game of trap words there are a couple other rules in that game that i go over as well Another game that does this in its kind of um, scaffolding through the game of learning as well as Monikers. So Monikers is a really cool game. You get a stack of cards and you try to work through those cards. The first thing you can do to get your team to guess that clue, you can say anything related to that clue. The next round, you can only say one word. And then the last round is you can act out the the actions to get them to get your team to guess the clue. So. With monikers, it's kind of cool because it's looking at that scaffolding process for memory of those content or those content specific vocabulary that you can use in the game. Tip number three, tie in additional activities to the game. So one popular technique that you could use to be able to do this is introduce stations. So stations is where you divide your class up into groups and students go from one station to the next, to the next, to the next. So out of those stations, three of them can be tied into the game. So like my previous tip, station number one, you can have them watch a how to play video, have them read the rule book and answer comprehension questions on how to play. Station number two is where they actually play the game. You might also ask them to preview station three activity as a part of station two. And then station three is where you have them do the additional activity. So 
you can develop a lot of different activities, comprehension questions based on the game. You can develop other content. For example, at BoardGameWithEducation.com, we develop learning resources for different board games we carry on our website. One game we look at is Element Poker. Element Poker is pretty cool. It's a innovative, I guess, change of the 52 card. Uh, 52 card deck. So in element poker, there are 52 elements from the periodic table of elements. And we've developed a learning activity to help them practice with the periodic table. So you could do some sort of activity that ties into the game. Another activity you can have them do that is a bit more involved, but I encourage you to try this out because it really taps into your ability to see if your students are understanding the content that you've covered in class. And that's by creating a game based on the game they played. So again, boardgamewitheducation.com, we have a game where we carry the educational line of games of Flux. So this is a very simple card game. It's draw one, play one. Very much like an Uno style game, but the game is always in Flux. There are rules changing. Um, I recommend checking out the game at our website if you wanna learn more about how to play. But what we have on the website for an extra activity is asking students to develop a game based on some of those educational line of games. So there's chemistry flux, astronomy flux, nature flux, anatomy flux, and developing cards based on the game that they already played. So a really great activity you can tie into the game as well. Tip number four is gamifying the content through the game. So this is kind of getting into a technical difference between gamification and game-based learning. And if you're curious about the difference or what game-based learning is specifically, There'll be a link down below to check out what is game-based learning. But, so looking at what this means. So taking a game, an oversimplified uh, example of this, is taking a game like Uno and asking students to answer a question before playing their card. So the content is not where they are learning, it's the overlaying of these questions on the game. So you can do this with a lot of different games in clever ways. I've seen teachers do this with Jenga. Uh, really cool because it also taps into those learners that really need to be a bit more mobile and move around a bit. But they come up to the classroom, they grab one of the Jenga blocks and they have to answer a question. And if they answer the question correct, they can put the Jenga block on top and they're safe. So playing Jenga and gamifying the content through the game of Jenga. So another example is the game Happy Salmon. So Happy Salmon is a very silly game where players have to do certain tasks like high five, pound, uh, the last one is Happy Salmon. Um, but a really cool, clever game and you can gamify that. So you can ask students to answer maybe rapid fire questions that are very much in recall memory, some content you've been covering in class very often and have them to brush up on some of that while they play the game Happy Salmon. So that is tip number four, using board games to gamify the content. All right, for tip number five, and this is actually kind of three uh, parts to it. So they're what I call the three pillars of a good board game for game-based learning. So first, number one is make sure the game is easy to explain. It should not take 15 minutes to explain the game in your class. Uh, I would say, for the most part, we don't have that time in our classrooms to explain, only to explain how to play the game. So, I mean, if you have a cool enrichment program and you're, it's all about board games for learning, then you can devote some extra time to explaining the game. But really, we wanna drill down into being able to explain the game very quickly, very succinctly in our class. And that heavily relies on the 
game we choose. So for example, Happy Salmon, if you go to play, how to play Happy Salmon on YouTube, the video is one and a half minutes. Explains the game, how to play in one and a half minutes. Another example, code names. So code names is a word association game. So you have a five by five grid of words. You say a word that's not on that grid and people have to associate your word with the other words on the grid. And you can give multiple clues. So you could say three words are on this grid and my clue is dot, dot, dot. So it's that simple to explain that game. There are some other nuances in there, but you can explain those it should only take about five minutes to explain the game code names in class to get your students up and playing the game. That goes into pillar number two. The game needs to be also quick to play. So code names is another perfect example. A round of code names, and actually a round is a game. You could play multiple rounds and do best of five or whatever, but a round of the game is only 20 minutes about. It could be less, it could be maybe a little bit longer. I wouldn't say you would go more than 20, 25 minutes for a game of Codenames, but there is one mechanic in the game where it can end instantly. Uh, so that is something that can make the game a lot shorter. But Codenames is very quick to play and that's important because we don't have a lot of time usually to devote to using a game in class and again, this is something I recommend looking into if you are first using game-based learning because you want it easy to explain, quick to play, so you can try it out and see how it works in your classroom. Now, I know there are some people that can probably devote a game to playing multiple days, uh, and that's something I also encourage, and if you can do that, lean into our tip number three, which was providing additional activities to really focus in on the learning. Pillar number three, and this one is, I think, pretty important, maybe my most important pillar, is making sure everyone is involved in the learning and the play almost at all times of the game. So for example, I mentioned the game Trap Words. Trap Words is only a two team game. So I go back to rule number one, I modify the game. I make it three teams. Now team number one, they have the clue, they're trying to get their team to guess the clue. Team number two creates the Trap Words, Team number three also knows the trap words, so they're listening for the trap words. And then team number three is also in charge of keeping time and counting the number of guesses team number one has. So team number one in the game of trap words, you only get five guesses. So their team number three is listening the whole time. They're not really even part of the contest right now, but they're also paying attention because they're thinking about the trap words, they're keeping track of the time, and they're counting the guesses. So that's a way that I've been able to modify the game, make sure everyone's involved in the process. And going back to code names, again, everyone's kind of involved, even the team that's not playing is still kind of thinking through what the words can be because they have the visual of the five by five grid to look at. So that is tip number five, the three pillars of a good board game for game-based learning. So check out boardgamewitheducation.com. We have and we curate our selection of board games for board games for learning. So all those games on our site are ones that we've looked at that make for excellent either game-based learning resources or great games for at-home learning or games that you can play with your family that are have some sort of educational angle. And as always, if you have questions, reach out to me, podcast at boardgamewitheducation.com. I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. And we'll be back next week for the podcast the video cast won't come back until season 12. That will be April. This was just a preview to what it might look like when we do have season 12 of Board Game with Education and the video cast. All right, so thank you, and we'll see you 
soon and I will or you'll hear from me on the podcast next week. Thank you for listening in this week. If you liked what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time.